I don't know where Jamie went with her glasses, but we'd like to invite you to the Jamie Heritage uh, Comedy Hour <laughs> coming in the next few weeks, and we're going to be raising money for missions. How many of you guys would show up and say, I want to see Jamie? <laughs> Lord, how mercy. Where is, uh, where's Lisa Crandall at? She's around here someplace upstairs, somewhere way up there in the middle. I see her in the back. Listen. There are multiple ways you can be involved in Love Week. Lisa goes to school. She tells everybody, look, we're trying to find glasses so that blind people, people can't see, can see. She brings back 40 pairs of glasses this morning. Way to go, Lisa. <clears throat> there are multiple ways you can be involved personally as well involve your businesses, your coworkers in making a difference here within our community. We appreciate that. By the way, did you hear Michael's, Michael? Chrissy, I know where you're headed for supper tomorrow night. Waffle House. <laughs> so Michael threw it in there, so everybody wants to go get stock in Waffle House now for tomorrow night. Just uh, yeah, put you and pay them. How many of you guys are ready for tomorrow night? You've already got your plans. <laughs> Jim Bullock, you're all alone. We celebrate you. See, that's what happens when you get to be older. You become wiser. So you want to make sure you got your plans. It's some, something's going on for Valentine's Day. And so uh, we're glad to have you. You guys had a good week this week? Absolutely, a great week. Listen, I want you to turn over to, uh, to Romans chapter 8. We're going to pick up where we left off the other day. By the way, you can pick up information about Love Week and things that are going on and ways you can participate by clicking on the, that website, loveweekfp.com, uh, and it'll give you more information. It's a pri I love our church, Amen. just for whatever that's worth. I love our church. I love the way we love our community. I love the way we support what takes place here in the community, and uh, I'm very thankful for you. Um, very successful race yesterday to start off to kick things off with Love Week down at, at the uh, Recreation Department, and we were a part of that through Beyond the Walls being a, a big sponsor, as well as some of our people here being sponsors of that event. Early on in chapter 8, uh, in Romans chapter 8, um, we learn that we just don't have access to the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, but we learn that the Holy Spirit comes to reside within us specifically, to live within inside of us for those who've come to trust and to follow Christ. In the Old Testament, we see the presence of the Holy Spirit coming and going, empowering people for certain events and and uh, things that would take place. But in the, in the New Testament, it was Jesus himself that would say, listen, man, I'm not just going to send the comforter to be with you, but he's going to live inside of you. And we're going to talk about that today. He's going to take up resonance. And there's two, two things that we're going to see as Paul, as we look at our passages of Scripture today, two things that Paul's going to say, teach us about the Holy Spirit. One, that he's a helper. Number two, that he is, a, is an intercessor. Um, you know, when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit, I wonder, I just have to wonder how, how much God has provided for us as believers that we fail to take advantage of when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Our Heavenly Father has, has provided for us the Holy Spirit, and yet I wonder how much we fail to take advantage of when it comes to the Holy Spirit and our walk and our, our Christian faith and our Christian journey. Um, I, I have, um, I've got a couple of credit cards before you look down on me. We pay those off every month, by the way, but in those credit cards that we have, um, we, they're specific, we have them for specific reasons. 
there are some benefits that come along with those cards. And I mean, it may be that um, when we travel, there are certain advantages that we have with flying certain airlines, or it may be the fact that um, if I'm out and about someplace and I'm on a trip, I have automatic, um, my, my stuff is hanging all over the place up here. This doesn't make any sense. But anyway, I got to fix that. So I've fixed it now. Um, <clears throat> but their advantage, like I, I, get, I get so much Uber money every month that I can spend with one of my cards. Uh, if I purchase something with, a, uh, with one of my cards, or both of my cards, that I I'm automatically get a double manufacturer's warranty. I mean, so there's certain benefits that come along with those two cards when I, when I use them. But those benefits are of no value if I fail to take advantage of them. Are we, on the, we, we clicking along the same line? You can have supplemental insurance, AFLAC, something along that line. But it's of no value if you don't utilize the benefit that you have access to. Well, in talking about power and benefits, Paul, as he writes us today, this is what he has to say in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. He says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that we cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all our hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. Can we pray together today? Father, it is an incredible day today to us to be able to come together. And as we read today and as we talk about your word, uh, we're going to learn some things about the Holy Spirit that are very important to each one of us as believers. And I pray, uh, Lord, as we walk through our time, that the Holy Spirit would illuminate our eyes and our hearts, that we may learn so that we can apply. That's what I pray today. For those listening online or those here that are um, in, in person, Father, I'm, I'm praying that, that as we talk about your word and as we talk about the Holy Spirit, that there would be a sense of your presence uh, today. Um, Father, be with the reading and the, and the speaking and the teaching of your word today. May you be our great teacher. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. When Paul was writing to the church at Corinth in, in Corinth, Corinthians chapter 12, Paul said, listen, he said, I, as believers, I don't want you guys to be ignorant, especially when it comes to, to spiritual things. Uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, though, there's so much, so much opportunity for confusion and misunderstanding. I mean, how many of us were raised to be um, independent and self-sufficient? And I've heard that, I heard that statement this past week, you know, well, I'm an independent person and I'm, I'm dependent on nobody else. Whereas believers, our lives should be marked by being um, dependent and um, uh, be marked on dependence on the Holy Spirit. And so here up front, we see one point, one of the two points that I really want to make today, uh, uh, the thought of divine assistance, that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. Look at what he says in verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And so he identifies the Holy Spirit as a helper, not a, a hindrance. God's given us the Holy Spirit as a helper. Yet how many are, times are we afraid of the Holy Spirit because of its, his misrepresentation over the years. I mean, you know, when I was going to school back, I remember middle high school, 
From time to time, there would be a teacher that, that people would say, oh, you don't want her. She's a, she's a hag. You know, she's terrible. You know, you don't want her. She's as mean as a snake. You guys, you ever had anybody, somebody like, you know, we all had those people. And so I remember, um, I remember there was one specific lady, and well, guess who I got put, class I got put into? You know, and I thought to myself, this is going to be terrible. But after being in that class for a period of time, I learned that everything that was being said about her, she was totally being misrepresented. That everything that was being said about her wasn't, wasn't true at all. You know, and think about that in reference to the Holy Spirit. I mean, how many times have we picked up information that could be further from the truth of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does? I want you to do something with me today. Turn over to the Gospel of John in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I want you to turn over to the, the book of John, and we want to we wanna read there in just a, a moment. But we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're called the Gospels because of the good news. The good news that we find there is where we get most of our information about Jesus, his life, his ministry. And um, it's there in those book, that book, the book of John, that we're going to find some information about Jesus himself had to say about the Holy Spirit. It was written by the Apostle John um, about 55 years or so after the resurrection of Jesus. And let me just say this. When we, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, our thoughts, our opinions, and our feelings, as well-intended as they may be, that is not our source of truth. But it's God's Word, which is. God's Word is our plumb line. God's Word is our source of truth. In saying that, I want to read from the book of John and what he had to say. But we're going to see specifically words that John recorded that Jesus himself spoke. And this is in a conversation that Jesus had before, um, before he was arrested, before he was beaten, before he was crucified. It was that night prior to, and this is also prior, eventually before he was resurrected. And so what this, this is what Jesus had to say in John chapter 14. If you'll read this with me, John 14, verse 15 and following. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. That makes a lot of sense, right? If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or helper who will never, who will never what? Leave you. Who will never leave you. Listen, in those moments and times that you feel challenged, that you feel that God is distant and he's far away, that God doesn't hear you, that God isn't there, what, what is the truth that we learn right here? God will never leave us, and he'll never forsake us. He's always there. You always remember that. It goes on to say in 17 that he is the Holy Spirit who leads in, into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. You know him. He's talking to the disciples. You know him because he lives where? With you. And later will be where? in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Skip over to verse 25 with me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Now, skip over a couple of chapters to chapter 16, and let's begin reading there in verse 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit won't come. If I go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Verse 10, righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. 
Uh, judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Um, so, so here we, we have Jesus speaking, and we have multiple um, definitions or um, explanations of the Holy Spirit, descriptions of the Holy Spirit. He's called advocate, comforter, counselor, helper. Jesus said that the, the, the Holy Spirit will teach us. He will convict us. And you know, when I think about the words and how those words are defined, it shows us that the Holy Spirit isn't just sitting back waiting on things to happen, but the Holy Spirit is very active and very intentional when it comes to being involved in our lives as believers. Amen? Very much so. Very, very much so. Now, the Greek word for helper that we find in Romans chapter 8, that word means to lay a hold of or um, to assist. And then those moments when we're ready to throw in the towel, I quit! I'm done. I don't want to do it any longer. How many of you guys have been there? Raise your hand. Let me see it. Let me see it. Everybody, a lot of people. Some of you aren't telling the truth, but that's okay. Because I think all of us get to that place that we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, that we just become so discouraged. It's difficult. And there are those moments. And as I read that, I'm reminded that the Holy Spirit in those moments picks us up and he shoulders the burden, carrying us through those times when we will allow him to. When we will allow him to. To the believers at Corinth, Paul would write in 2 Corinthians, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. And sure, man, listen, life can get rough. It can be very difficult. There can be tremendous amounts of suffering, but when they do, we are not alone. We're not alone. We have help. We have help. But notice something else that we find in this text, that the Holy Spirit isn't just our helper, but he's our personal helper in verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed. The New King James Version says, but the Spirit himself. That's really important. Himself. Um, because there are some people that say that the Holy Spirit is like a force itself. Um, like, may the force be with you. You know, what does that mean? You know, talk, I start thinking about Star Trek and Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit is not a force, people. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit himself. Jesus, when he was talking about the Holy Spirit coming, he said, he will guide you, not it will guide you. The evangelist R.A. Torrey in referencing the Holy Spirit, said this, and I, I quote, if we once grasp the thought that the Holy Spirit is a divine person of infinite majesty, glory, and holiness and power, who in marvelous condescension has come into our hearts to make his abode there and take possession of our lives and make use of them, it will put us in the dust and keep us in the dust. I can think of no thought more humbling and more overwhelming than the thought of a that a person of divine majesty and glory dwells in my heart and is ready to use even me. Even me. So the Holy Spirit isn't just our helper, but he's our personal helper. But how does the Holy Spirit help us? Going back to the Gospel of John where we were, we read earlier that the Holy Spirit, that there, are, and there's multiple ways that the Holy Spirit's involved. But I just, can I just give you a couple of things today? Can I do that? Just maybe a couple of things that, are, that would be helpful. This is not an exhaustive list by any, any means because don't come to me and say, oh, well, Pastor, you forgot this. No, I didn't forget it. I'm just not going to mention it today because of the time. But let me just give you a couple. 
couple things that the Holy Spirit does. Number one, he points us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. He draws us, the Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus. John 6, 44, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us recognize our sin. It's the Holy Spirit that brings about a discontentment and the opportunity to have a desire to want to trust Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals the depths of God's love through his son, Jesus. Man, we don't come to those things on our own conclusion. Those are things that the Holy Spirit reveals to us. He teaches us. He points us to Jesus. I've heard people say, well, I'm just not ready to trust Christ. I just need to give it a little bit more time. I need to learn just a little bit more. Listen, we don't come to, to Jesus because of our intellect, because of our knowledge, because of our understanding. We come to Jesus humbly, not understanding at all, but by the work of the Holy Spirit that's at work, calling us, drawing us to him. Not because we got things figured out. The Holy Spirit's the one that points us to Christ, which I think is so important for us, especially as believers, when man, we're praying for other people or we're witnessing to other people and sharing with people about Christ and what God is doing in our lives. And we want others to share in that same hope. And then when people don't get it, it can become so discouraging, can it? I mean, it can become so discouraging when you, when you day after day, you long for somebody that you know that you love to come to know Christ, and yet they continue to rebel and to walk and not, and not want to trust Jesus. That can be such a difficult and overwhelming experience. But what an encouragement for us to realize that it's the Holy Spirit that draws people, not us. It's not our job to convince people to come to know Jesus. It's only our job to be available to share the good news. That's it. By the way, just on the side note, when's the last time you shared the good news? Another side note, when's the last time you've cared enough to share the good news? The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. You know, um, the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus, but he also provides instruction. The Holy Spirit teaches us in John chapter 14, 26, it was Jesus that said, but when the Father sends the advocate or helper, my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you what? Some things, everything, all things. I mean, what I think about everything, there's nothing that's left out. Everything that I need, he will teach me. And he will not only teach me everything that I need, he will remind me of everything that, I, that Jesus has told me. That's what it says. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our teacher. He illuminates our lives, our, our minds, our hearts to the light of truth, the scriptures for us. And Jesus said, he said, I'm going to teach you everything as well remind you of everything that Jesus said. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Missionary pastor John Mueller made this statement. He said that the word of God is our only standard and the Holy Spirit is our only teacher. Now, Think about this for just a second. Let's just say that we're going to take a trip and uh, I'm arranging the plans for you. And let's just say, Jerry, that what I'm going to do for, for you and Jackie, I'm going to send you on a plane trip and I'm going to say, okay, Jerry, listen, when you get to so-and-so, you're going to have to rent a vehicle. You're going to have to get these directions. See, it's easy these days. We plug it in the little GPS, you know. You remember the old days when we used to have the big old atlases? Some of you are so young, you don't even know what that is, do you? Or those little flip maps. Remember the flip maps? The ones you used to open up and they would take the whole stinking, you know, front of the car. And you're like pointing, trying to figure it out. Put that away! 
way you can't see, you're going to get us in an accident. <laughs> then you had to find a place to put it. I mean, you couldn't see these days, you can't put it under the seat because all the electronic stuff that's up under the seat. In the old days, man, you had plenty of room. You could stash lunch, supper, snack, and everything up underneath there. And then you would take it and you would try to fold it up and you never could fold it up the way it needed to be folded up so it was always bigger than what it was supposed to be and you try to cram it in the glove box, try to get the glove box stuff, you know, get it closed. Well, let's just say, Jerry, instead of me sending you on a trip and say, okay, you go find out where you're supposed to go. Let's just say that I say, Jerry, I'm sending you guys on a trip. I want you, you're going to arrive here, but I'm going to have somebody pick you up. I'm going to have somebody pick you up and they're going to take you to where you need to be. You know, we think about this in reference to the Christian walk. God didn't say, okay, look, here's the map. You figure it out. God didn't say, okay, listen, you know, you figure it out on your own. I'll catch up with you just a little bit later. But he gave us the Holy Spirit to walk with us and to, to walk alongside of us and to give us instruction, direction, and guidance. Isn't that awesome? Sometimes people say, well, you know, well, I don't have this or I don't have this degree or I don't understand this. Man, who teaches us? The Holy Spirit does. He's our teacher. And if you'll listen, I promise you, he'll tell you the truth. He'll tell you the truth. So the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. He provides instructions. And when we trust him and we begin to follow him, changes happen in our life. And it's called, in the life of a believer, it's called sanctification. There's growth that takes place. There's maturity that takes place. At Heritage, we say there's three things that we value. Growing spiritually, sharing life, and serving others. You know, when, when, it comes to, when it comes to spiritual growth, we just don't want to pass it off as information or carry on a bunch of religious um, exercises. But what we want to do is we want to create environments where people can talk about God's Word. We can examine God's Word. We can learn how to practice God's Word. We want to create environments we can not only hear, but we can put into practice everything that the Holy Spirit is teaching us. That's important. You know, when we, when we begin to do that, man, things begin to change, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit not only provides divine assistance, he's our helper and he's our advocate. He's the one that walks alongside of us. He's the one who points us to Jesus. He's the one who provides instruction, but the Holy Spirit also helps us in our communication with our Heavenly Father. He provides divine intercession. Go back to our focal passage just for a second in Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit, he helps us in our weaknesses. And here we're going to have some examples going back to suffering. If you remember last week, Paul would say in reference to the sufferings of this world, they're nothing compared when it comes to our future glory in heaven. Don't ever forget that. The sufferings that we experience on this earth are temporary. They're nothing, nothing, there's no comparison when it comes to the future glory of what's, what, we're, what we will experience one day when we get to, to heaven. And he goes on to say, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. In other words, in those times when we're struggling, in those times when we're wrestling, in those times when, man, we're just confused and don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us. You know, he helps us. In those, in those moments when we just don't have the right words and we don't know what God's will is, the Holy Spirit is there. So, so here we are couple of weeks ago, right before the men's retreat, it's Thursday. It's Thursday morning, and um, staff, we had been talking about, man, man, the, the, the devil is not happy about some stuff that's going on around here. He's not happy about, you know, um, kids making decisions or adults making decisions for the Lord. 
He's not happy about that. He doesn't like it when I'm sitting on the first row down here in between services and I've got a teenager that comes to me and says, Pastor Sid, I need to be baptized. And I said, well, let's, let's talk about that. When did you make a decision? Hold on, Pastor Sid, I got it on my phone. I made a decision on this date right here, and it was so important I wrote it in my phone. I want to be baptized. Man, listen, the devil is not happy about that kind of stuff. He's not happy that we want to love our community to show our community the love of God. He's not happy about that kind of stuff. So there's, I mean, I'm just looking for distractions when they come. So here I am that Thursday morning prior to the men's retreat, and all of a sudden, I mean, we're getting guys, I got COVID, I'm sick, I can't come. All right, all right. But then I get the other phone call, 8.30. Steve Pettit, our speaker for the event, said I just might as well cut to the chase. I got COVID, I'm positive, I can't come. Okay, Steve, you be quiet. Let me think about what I need to be doing. You know, that's what's going on in my mind. I'm trying to think of all these problems solving. You know, what, what is it we need to do? And I'm thinking to myself while I'm talking to Steve, I'm not really paying attention to Steve because now I'm already on another, another line. Are you with me? That's where I am. So I'm hearing Steve, but in, the, in my mind I'm thinking, okay, God, what do you want us to do? With all these people that are getting sick, are you wanting us to cancel? Or with all these people getting sick, are you wanting us to, to reschedule? Or are you just not wanting us to do it altogether? Or do you want us to press through? What is it you want, are wanting us to do? And honestly, guys, I didn't, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to pray for. God, may your will be done. I mean, but we got to have some, I mean, there's got to be some quick decisions made here. And so all of this stuff is going on. I, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for. I didn't know what we needed to do. Lord, what is it you're trying to tell me? What do you want us to do? John Piper, when talking to his church family about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, this is what he's, he said, and listen closely, because I think a lot of this applies to all of us. So what is it that we don't know what to pray for in this weakness? I think the answer is we don't know the secret of, of God about our, secret, our sickness and our hardship. We don't know whether we should pray for healing or for strength to endure. Of course, both are right, and it's not wrong to pray for either. But we long to pray with great faith, and we groan, we groan, we groan that we're not sure of God's way or what to do with this sickness or this loss or imprisonment. We just don't know. We can see some examples of this in Paul's life. Consider the thorn in the flesh that we talked about in 2 Corinthians. He asked three times that it be removed, and finally Jesus revealed to him that it was, it was not to take it away. Surely that experience would leave Paul wondering uh, with every sickness from there on out about pain and hardship and imprisonment what God's will was. Was it healing or not? Was it deliverance or not? When he was in prison in Rome, he seemed at least for a time to be unsure what to pray for, life and ministry or death with courage. Now this is painfully relevant to many in this church. He was talking about his church, but as I look around, isn't this relevant for us so many times we don't really know how to pray so many times we don't know what to pray for and yet we groan and we cry out and he says it will become increasingly relevant as the price of being a Christian and a missionary increases in the years to come not only are there many who are sick but there are some now and there will be many more in the years ahead who are in danger somewhere in this world and wonder how should we pray should we pray for a safe escape or should we pray the resolve to stay and pray for protection? Or should we stay and pray for courage to suffer and even die? 
You know, let me just say that in the middle of those experiences, those times of suffering and difficulty, whatever they may be, in that moment of struggling, when we don't know how to pray, man, it is really, it's, it's, it's really humbling to know that the Holy Spirit is there interceding for us. Isn't that awesome? That in, in those moments that we're confused, that in those moments we're trying to make a decision, and it's not between... Um, it's not between good and bad. Sometimes it's just between, God, what's your will? We don't really know what to do. He goes on to say in verse 26, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Well, later on in the conversation, going back to the conversation with Steve Pettit, Steve said to me that morning, he said, Sid, you know, I'm not really feeling that bad at all. He said, what happens if we were to Zoom? What happens if we were just to, to do our meetings by Zoom? He said, I've, during COVID, I've learned to do this. And he said, it's, you know, he said, we, we just do this all the time. And, um, and I thought, well, it's an option. So I talked to Brian and Brian says, man, listen, y'all don't know this. Brian's pretty smart. Don't tell him that. Brian Williams, Brian Broom's not that smart. But Brian Williams is pretty smart. So Brian said, you know, Sid, that's great, but um, we, don't, we don't know what may happen. I mean, we may lose internet connection. We might have this happen. Then he says, what happens if, if Steve's feeling up to it? Why don't we just go ahead and tape, tape the teachings in advance? Steve is such an incredible teacher. What happens if he just does that, and then we don't have to worry anymore? If he gets sick later on, if, I mean, if there's a problem with internet, we don't have to worry about any, any of that kind of stuff. And so I thought to myself, you know, I'm not really excited about it, but it's, I mean, it's an idea, and so let's just go with it. Um, you know, um, so it sort of answered my question. Do I reschedule? Do I, you know, do we replan? Do we cancel? You know, regardless of what we felt that we needed to do. But he, here was an answer. And so I felt like it was the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf, going before the Father. Are you with me? Are you, are you, are you tracking with me? And so here's the Holy Spirit providing divine assistance as our helper, shouldering the weight to walk us with us through those times, not only is pointing us and drawing us to the, to the Father, he's our teacher, but he's also our divine intercession. There was, a, there was an article that was written years ago about prayer and about people in prayer. Uh, I don't know if this was believers or, or who this was, but it was just a, it was a survey that was done of people, and they, I guess they called praying people, and 91% of women pray. That was the statistic. 85% of all men, they said, prayed. 15% of those who prayed regularly felt that they received a definite answer to their prayers. And 27% said they had never received an answer to their prayer. I thought that was pretty interesting. This is a survey that was done years and years ago, back in the 1990s. But I think if we're honest, when it comes to prayer, all of us have those moments and times when we feel like, God, where are you? Do you hear me? I mean, do you hear? Do you, do you know? And yet the scripture teaches us right here, we don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid, but the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. When Paul was praying for that affliction to be removed, God had something else in mind. While I was thinking about the men's retreat, looking back, God had something completely different in mind. Completely different. I mean, in the making of the video that we ended up doing, that we showed for the different sessions, it not only was a resource for us for that weekend, 
But now we have a resource that can be used by other churches, other men that are wanting to, to utilize for men's groups. That, that weekend, we had five other pastors that were with us, and in the conversation, every one of them said, is there a way we can utilize this? Can I have this teaching so that my men at, at, at my church can utilize this? See, I, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about our men's retreat. What, what God had going on was much bigger. It was much larger. One person said, I asked, I asked for strength that I might achieve. He made me weak, weak that I may obey. I asked for help that I might do great things, but he gave me grace to do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy, but he gave me poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men, but he gave me weakness that I might feel my need for God. I received nothing that I asked for, but he gave me everything that I, I hoped for. When's the last time that you've sat down and you've thanked God in those moments for the sufferings and the times that you were walking through and you're praying and you, and you, and you really don't even know whether or not God is, is hearing you? It says in the last part, but the Holy Spirit prays with groanings that cannot be expressed in words and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying for the Spirit pleads with believers in harmony with God's will. The Holy Spirit knows God's will for our lives. He knows the answers to the prayers. And what the Holy Spirit does is he fills the gap by the communicating to the Heavenly Father our needs. I mean, looking back in my life, how many times have there been prayers that I, I felt weren't answered the way that I wanted them to be answered? Only looking back, the prayers were self-centered. They're what I wanted, not what God wanted. And yet the Holy Spirit was interceding on my behalf, knowing exactly what I needed most. How many times are the prayers that we pray, are they self-centered? How many times are the prayers that we pray about, Lord, what we want to happen, what we want to see, what our needs are, instead of, Lord, your will be done. Not my agenda, your agenda, not my stuff, but your stuff. Not my way, Lord, but, but your way. I love the story of the, of the dad who was walking by his daughter's room one night close to bedtime, and he could hear his daughter repeating uh, the ABCs, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and he's like, what in the world is going on? And so he cracks open the door, and he peeks in, and he goes, honey, is everything okay in here? And she said, yeah, daddy. She said, I'm just praying. And she said, I'm having a tough time talking to God tonight. I don't really know what to pray for. So I just thought, listen, if I give him the ABCs and I give him all the letters, he can fill in the words. <laughs> a lot of truth to that, isn't there? He's our helper. He's our intercessor. There's a lot to be said. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He walks with us. He's not there. He's not it. It's not a force, but he comes to reside within us. He is our teacher. He's who draws us to, to the Lord. It's easy to struggle in our prayers, but it's a comfort knowing that in our struggles that the Holy Spirit is there. Can you remember that? This past week when Travis was going through some tests, 
You're pleading with the Father, not knowing exactly, Lord, is it going to be this? Am I going to get this answer? Am I going to get this answer? And I know, I know that as, as honest as you were trying to be, there was still timidity in, inside. You know, and verbally you were saying, I want God's will to be done. Timid, to, you know, timidly you were thinking, oh, but God, make it, make it be benign. Make it not be serious. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf in the middle of our groanings. May we never, ever forget that. Never forget that. Would you bow your heads with me today? There's some takeaways this morning for those listening online as well as those of us that are here. There's takeaways in here that I have been reminded of, things that the Holy Spirit has just confirmed and, and I, I've said, God, I've forgotten that. I, I need to be reminded. And some of you here today, there's something maybe you've heard and the Holy Spirit has just really spoken to you. I pray that it would be more than just information, but it would be, there would be a way that this next week you'll be able to apply that to your life. There's some of you that are suffering. You're dealing with heartache and pain, difficulty. You're praying, but you're wrestling. What a great encouragement to be reminded today that the Holy Spirit, in the midst of our groanings, speaks on our behalf and that he knows the Father's will. Jesus is humbling to know that in our moments of weakness, the Spirit of God, which lives inside of us as believers, is ready, willing, and very able to help us in those times of need. Lord, would you teach us and would you point us to Christ that even in those moments when we don't know how to pray, that we would recognize that the Holy Spirit um, is always available there, walking with us through those times, filling the gap, helping us, guiding us through your word into your presence. And for the person today that may be listening that has never made a decision to trust Jesus, that doesn't have a personal relationship with Christ, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, that when he speaks, he is the one that draws you to the Father. We don't come to him by our intellect, by our, our knowledge, by our, um, we figuring it out. But we come to God in the, in the humblest of moments when the Holy Spirit reveals to us and convicts us of sin. I pray that if that's someone listening today, that it would be the moment today, right now, that you would stop running. You would confess your sin and you would, you would uh, declare your faith in Jesus Christ. That even in the unsettledness of this moment, you would choose to trust Jesus. As the Spirit of God speaks, may we be willing to listen. In the invitation times when the, the Holy Spirit is drawing us, may our response be, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I trust you. Thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that resides within us. May we grasp that today and take full advantage of every benefit we have in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.